How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer Daily News Updates for Tuesday, January the 11th. Ho-ho, my friends. Hello, good morning or evening, whenever you listen to this. I hope you're well. And hey, the theme of today's show is that the video game industry is large. So large, in fact, that we can often forget just how popular some sections of it are. And with that, we'll start our first story, which is that Take-Two Interactive has officially acquired Zynga for $12.7 billion, with a B. This makes it the most expensive acquisition in gaming history. The previous record was Tencent's acquisition of Supercell at $8 billion, followed by Microsoft's acquisition of ZeniMax, or Bethesda, for $7.5 billion. Now, a lot of people, when they announced this, were very surprised, because they were like, Huh? Zynga? You mean the people who made Farmville? And yes, it is exactly those people, because what you might not know is that they have been making a lot of mobile games that have been performing extraordinarily well. And this is something that I know very well, because I work in the mobile gaming space, where Zynga is very prominent. But to the average listener of this show, where you just worry about console and and PC games, uh, you might not realize that. Paired with the fact that acquisitions these days in the tech space are getting increasingly more valuable, and even more so in gaming, because everybody wants to have many, many different subsidiaries. Even smaller companies are doing a lot of acquisitions because of how valuable it is. And if you are a major company like Take-Two, and you don't have a mobile division worrying about mobile games, well, then you're leaving a lot of investment on the table because mobile is the number one revenue driver in the gaming industry. It is the reason why Activision Blizzard has King from the makers of Candy Crush. It's the reason why Tencent has, has Supercell. So this is surprising to a lot of people, but it is not surprising to the people who understand mobile and how powerful it is. Now, looking a little more specifically at Take-Two, it's not just the fact that they see Zynga making these really good games, making a lot of money, and they want that money. More specifically, they want to bring some of their IPs to mobile, something that they have done unsuccessfully previously. So Take-Two has Rockstar, obviously, with Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, Max Payne, and then of course they have 2K, which does a bunch of games beyond just the, the sports games. Bioshock, XCOM, Civilization. Okay, there is a lot of money in that IP, and on mobile, where there is also supposed to be a lot of money, they haven't succeeded. So they need people who are going to help them succeed. That's what this is. Now, it's worth noting that this is the official announcement, but the deal does not close until June 30th. And this is important because they have a clause that if anybody else comes around and wants to spend more than the $13 billion that Take-Two is offering, then, well, Zynga can, can accept that alternate offer. And normally what I would say is that this is a legal formality. This isn't really that important. But you know what happened recently? Take-Two tried to acquire a company called Codemasters. They make racing games. And they had that clause. And shortly after the announcement that Take-Two was going to get Codemasters, it turned out that EA wanted Codemasters, so they came in and they offered more money, and they got them instead. Now, I don't expect anybody to come in swooping up Zynga for more than $13 billion. It's much more high-profile than Codemasters, but it's worth noting, this is the announcement, not the official final date. Okay, major, major news, landmark moment in the gaming industry. Don't sleep on mobile. If you think it's not a, it's not a thing, you're totally wrong. Okay, now let's go a little bit smaller, and let's just focus on one game. And that game is Rust, the multiplayer survival game. 
And I'm talking about it because they did like an end of year roundup, you know, the, the 2021 analysis of Rust. And I've got to say, it's doing better than it ever has. They're close to 12.5 million copies sold, over 1 million DLC packs sold, and last year they had record high player counts, obviously tons of new features added to the game. It exploded on Twitch. And this is one of those things that is like, hey, there's so many different corners of the gaming world that you might have never played Rust or even heard of Rust. I mean, it's been around for a long time. And even though it's been a thing for eight years, it's now more popular than ever. And it's something I haven't barely thought about since it released. Millions and millions of players. To me, that is so cool. And I'm so glad it can happen. So congrats to that team and those players. And I wish them only the best. Okay, that's all for me today, folks. But before we take it away, I I didn't get the chance to do it yesterday. I'd like to give a big thanks to the TGO producers who make this show possible. Anna Marie, Andrew, Anthony, Bernie, Emmanuel, Rawdeath21, Red Flem, Rob Matsker, and Telesthesia. Thank you all so much. I'll be back tomorrow with another new show. And until then, happy gaming, everyone. Yo, yo, it's the TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. Uh, hello, my friends. You know what I haven't been doing over the past little while? I have not been playing any video games. I literally did not play a single video game in the last week. Can you believe it? Man, life is just going, you know? A bunch of stuff is happening. We just had Shelby interviewing for a, a remote job so that she can do it while we're on the move. We finally booked our first accommodation that we're going to live uh, in, in Montreal. I'm getting a bunch of stuff ready for the speedrunning videos that I plan on making. Remember how I said I just wanted to make one video? Well, that has expanded to two. But I'm not getting over over ambitious here. Um, I'm interviewing people, quite literally. I haven't yet, but I've scheduled a number of them. And I don't know, I, like, I hope I'm going to be able to fit it in my schedules, all the, all the interviews that I scheduled, because, uh, man, I got, like, I think over six people to do. So, yeah, probably somewhere around ten. So... Uh, yeah, 10 people, two videos. I'm probably like, the whole point of the interviews is like half and half. Half informational so I can learn about the thing. Because in order for me to be a true expert of the speed run, I, I, I have to be a part of the community. There's so much history there. And I can't do that with every single video that I want to make. So I'm kind of relying on them to tell me about it. But then it's also half content. I do want to include their voices in the videos because... If you're not familiar, speedrunning is very, very much community-driven. Everybody knows each other for the most part. I mean, sometimes people just speedrun without being part of the community, but I think that's usually the exception. Because the whole point is that you're finding things together, you're learning about glitches, you're celebrating each other's wins, and it's just, it's the most welcoming corner of the internet that I've found uh, for gaming, specifically, in a long time, maybe ever. And so if I make a video about them as an outsider, it's kind of weird because, because like, you know, they're going to be like, who is this person telling our story, right? And certainly one way of getting around that is, hey, learn how to speedrun the game yourself, become a part of the community, learn everything, and then talk about it. That's totally valid. But like I said, I want to do kind of a wider net. Usually the people who do that are, are releasing a few videos a, a year or <laughs> one a month or something like that. I, I want to do multiple a month. In my brain, I'm like, I want to release like five videos a week. Obviously, that's not feasible uh, at the current moment. Only if only if it becomes very popular. Um, You know, in reality, I just the the whole point is that I want to do a wider net and talk about a bunch of things in speedrunning. 
And so uh, I have to rely on on using the voices of the community because then people who are watching know that I'm just not making stuff up because it's coming right from the horse's mouth. But also the community is going to feel like they were engaged and they were involved. And that's very important. So anyway, sorry if I'm talking about this too much, but it's, that's what I'm up to. You know, I'm not <laughs> I'm not playing games. I'm, I'm doing this and I'm very excited for it. You know, I've stumbled on some. Well, at least, like I said, I have two videos planned and one of them I am extremely, extremely excited for. Because I feel like it's a real story that hasn't been told. I'm serious. I, f I came across it and I started Googling to be like, oh, I want to learn more about this. And I could not find anything. No YouTube videos, no articles, nothing. And I'm like, dang, I have like, can I help tell this story? <laughs> so I went to the community. I asked some questions. I asked for interviews. They were all more than wel welcoming and, and happy to interview and uh, yeah, so so that project has started again. I'll, I'll let you know when the videos are out, of course. Uh, the other video is like a little more standard that like the, the first idea I had was kind of safe. I only had a few people to interview. It was going to be more of like a general overview of the game. And I don't know, I was going to kind of let the stories emerge out of what the interviews told me. I didn't I wasn't going in with anything specific. But when I found this other one, I was like, oh, my God, I got to do that. And so now I have way more people to interview and a story to craft, but it is what it is, you know, I'm excited. And GDQ is happening right now. Oh my gosh, I'm watching so much GDQ. It's just a good time for speedrunning and me, I'll tell you what. <laughs> anyway, life is crazy, but I'm, ho I'm, I'm trying to manage it. And I'm sure, I'm sure the same can be said for, for many of you listening. I feel like that's, that's the nature of being an adult, right? God, when I was a teenager and I didn't have to do anything... I mean, I won't lie. When I was a teenager, I knew I knew how lucky I was because everybody was always telling me, enjoy these years while you can. So I did. I was very conscious about enjoying the years while I could. But now I'm like, man, I didn't enjoy them enough. I, I, I didn't appreciate it enough. And my adult life isn't even that like, I don't, I don't have kids. I don't have a job that I have to go work eight hours and travel to. Like, I, I'm living a pretty easy life compared to, to probably, again, most of you listening. It's just different from being a teenager. That's all. Anyway, let's stop going down this rabbit hole, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Take care of yourself, okay? Do what you got to do for you and nobody else. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Ciao.